Welcome to Mainly Marvel, a series brought to you by Mainly Movies. Each week, Aaron, DJ, and a few special guests will go through every single movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order to officially rank them all. Hi, I'm DJ. And I'm Aaron, and we are back once again with another Mainly Marvel episode. We are pretty deep in it, DJ. Yeah, I keep looking at the list and we are just chugging right along. We're very deep in Phase 3 now. I don't know. We're at a pretty exciting section because it's like Infinity Wars on the horizon, but we're not quite there yet. Yep, there's no turning back now, which I... Don't know how we would turn back and go backwards. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, Infinity War in our sights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this week we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and we have another special guest. Uh, it's our friend David. What's up, David? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad yeah, to course, have man. you. You want to get into it, DJ? Yeah, we're going to read the plot synopsis from Wikipedia, as always. Uh, the time code is going to be in the description if you feel like skipping this section. Because I think this is going to be a long one. This movie is kind of stuffed, so let's get right into it. In 2014, Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Baby Groot are renowned as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Aisha, leader of the Sovereign Race, has the Guardians protect valuable batteries from an interdimensional monster in exchange for Gamora's estranged sister, Nebula was caught attempting to steal the batteries. After Rocket steals some for himself, the Sovereign attacks the Guardian ship with a fleet of drones. These are destroyed by a mysterious figure, and the Guardians crash land on a nearby planet. There, this figure reveals himself as Quill's father, Ego, and invites Quill, Gamora, and Drax to his home planet. Rocket and Groot remain behind to repair the ship and guard Nebula. Aisha hires Yondu, Yudanta, and his crew, who have been exiled from the Greater Ravager community for child trafficking, to recapture the Guardians. They capture Rocket, but when Yondu hesitates to turn over Quill, whom he raised, his lieutenant, Taserface, leads a mutiny with help from Nebula. Taserface imprisons Rocket and Yondu aboard the latter's ship and executes his loyalists by releasing them into space. Nebula leaves to find and kill Gamora, whom she blames for the torture inflicted on her by her father Thanos. While imprisoned, Rocket and Yondu bond. Groot and Kraglin, a remaining Yondu loyalist, free Rocket and Yondu, and they destroy the ship and its crew as they escape, though not before Taserface warns the Sovereign. Ego, a godlike celestial that manipulated the matter around its consciousness to form its home planet, explains that it projected a humanoid guise to travel the universe and discover a purpose eventually falling in love with Quill's mother, Meredith. Ego hired Yondu to collect the young Quill after Meredith's death, but the boy was was never delivered, and Ego has been searching for him ever since. He teaches Quill to manipulate celestial power. Nebula arrives at Ego's planet and tries to kill Gamora, but the pair reach an uneasy alliance when, when they discover a cavern filled with skeletal remains. Ego reveals to Quill that in his travels, he planted seedlings on thousands of worlds, which can terraform into new extensions of himself. 
but they can only be activated by the power of two Celestials. To that end, he impregnated countless women and hired Yadu to, pr- to collect the children, but killed them all when they failed to access the Celestial power. Under Ego's influence, Quill helps him to activate the seedlings, which begin to consume every world. But Quill fights back when Ego reveals that he gave Meredith the tumor that killed her due to the distraction she posed. David, I feel like you just summarized the entire plot with that one paragraph. <laughs> that was so dense. <laughs> it was so detailed. That was all of it. I'm sorry for the studies. No, no, no. You're good. But it's okay. I guess we'll, you passed. Yeah, and I guess we'll keep going because there's still two things here. Um, so, Mantis, Ego's naive empath servant, grows close to Drax and warns him of Ego's plan. Gamora and Nebula also learn of the plan as Rocket, Yondu, Groot, and Kraglin arrive. As they come under attack from the Sovereign's drones, they reunite Guardians. the reunited Guardians find Ego's brain at the planet's core. Rocket makes a bomb using the stolen batteries, which Groot plants on the brain. Quill fights Ego with his newfound celestial powers to distract him long enough for the other Guardians and Mantis to escape. The bomb explodes, killing Ego and disintegrating the planet. Yondu sacrifices himself to save Quill, who realizes that the, re- that the reason Yondu kept him was to spare him from the fate of Ego's other prod- progeny, and that Yondu was Quill's true daddy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's what the wiki says, folks, I promise. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> <laughs> Having reconciled with Gamora, Nebula still chooses to leave and resume her quest to kill Thanos by herself. The Guardians hold a funeral for Yondu, which is attended by Kraglin and dozens of Ravager Sips, acknowledging Yondu's sacrifice and accepting him as a Ravager again. In a series of mid- and post credit scenes, Kraglin takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow and control fin. Ravager leader Stakar Ogord reunites with his ex-teammates. Groot has grown into a teenager. Aisha creates a new artificial being with whom she plans to destroy the Guardians, naming him Adam. And a group of uninterested watchers abandon their informant who is discussing his experiences on Earth at Stanley. Man, there were a lot of post credit scenes. <laughs> yeah, they went a little crazy with it. <laughs> yep. A little bit. A little bit overboard. <laughs> that might just be a summary of my opinion of the movie, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's. Um, okay, so we start with what did we remember about this movie? What are the big things we forgot? We're now in the territory of, like, recent memory, so I think the things that we forgot are becoming less and less. I think there's still some things I forgot about this one, though. I think that has to happen, though, because this movie just has so much stuff. It has (laughs) a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For example, even just reading this now, I still don't think I realized that the whole, like, interaction with the Sovereign at the beginning was to like exchange for nebula yeah like i i just i like i've seen the movie a couple times i've just never like put that together that that's why they were there the whole sovereign people and aisha thing i don't know it seems kind of extra i don't really understand why they're in the movie well it seems like they're setting up guardians 3 which is on hold indefinitely i guess because of the james Uh, gunn stuff so Chris Pratt said that Guardians 3 is definitely happening, and he said that like two weeks ago. So I'm going to stick with that. Oh, I did not see that. 
Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> We're gonna do the fun facts first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David, did you see anything that you were like, "Whoa, forgot about that"? Uh, definitely the Nebula thing. Um, it it almost seems like a seemed like a huge reveal when I was watching it. I kind of gasped a little bit. <laughs> I was like, "Oh wait, no, she's supposed to be there." Um, but definitely forgot Sylvester Stallone was in this movie. One hundred percent forgot he was in this. <laughs> Same. And he showed up in that bar, and I was like, "What? Sylvester Stallone's in this?" Like yeah. I like, just did not remember him from the first time watching yeah. this movie at all. Yeah, um, I, I was also kind of confused by the scene a little bit because I kind of forgot what Yondu was doing before. Like, like where did we leave off with Yondu? Like, why is he, you know, uh, estranged and, and whatnot? But uh, they, they, I think they do, do kind of a good job of helping you kind of uh, retract with like the, the dialogue or whatever. You have some of his loyalists kind of, kind of um, uh, talking to themselves in the background. Uh, kind yeah. of discussing the, the argument. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think that was the main thing that I, a, a big thing that I forgot was his, his entire character of, uh, you know. Yeah, Yondu I, I was also definitely a huge really part listen. of the movie. Yeah, I also kind of didn't listen very much to that. Um, he kind of opens up to Rocket uh, later in the movie and um, kind of explains his his uh, relationship with uh, Sakaar and um, now I kind of understand a little bit better as to why it was so, so important to have Stakar in the film to uh, kind of say what he says to uh, to Yondu and uh, why it gets to him so much, you know, which I thought was a good touch. Yeah, they focus a lot just like on the Ravagers in this movie, Yeah, which kind of stood out to me this time, especially like the end with the like Ravager funeral and everything. And they're going mm-hmm. around to all the different ships and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah, a lot. I definitely forgot that that's how it ended. Yeah, it ended with that funeral. Yeah, and I like at least this time I like had my laptop open and was like googling trying to figure out who all these people are because they're yeah. like played by like pretty big like Ving Rhames is one of them. Yeah, and uh, in the post credit scene when like uh, Stakar's got like a squad together and they're like, okay, let's like have our own spinoff movie or whatever. There's like a robot head that's voiced by Miley Cyrus. What? That was Miley Cyrus? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like looking through the credits. Are of you the telling movie. me that Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, is yes. in the MCU? Yes. And like, I mean, currently. technically, in the far reaches of the galaxy, if she didn't get snatched. <laughs> yeah. That, and okay. I mean, this was only a couple of years ago, so she was definitely weird by then. <laughs> Yeah. No, sure. I think this might have been the her transition back to being normal. <laughs> this was the downfall. You never know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but lots of focus on the Ravagers, which I guess supports Yon like I do think Yondu's story is one of the stronger points of the movie. Um but I don't I don't know. I don't know if they were really trying to set up like a Ravager spin off series or something. I just don't know what the Ravagers are. Like what I what don't is either. their I know they're a what, guild. But like what what is their purpose? <laughs> I don't know. And like uh Stakar was ravage. telling him to ravage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Stakar was saying like 
something about like the god of something won't smile over you or something like that. And I'm like, do they have their oh, own yeah. religion? Like, what? <laughs> Who are these people? I was definitely getting some Mad Max vibes when he said that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think. I think this movie. One of my problems might be there's maybe too much like comic book fan service. Yeah. I can see that. Where it's going really deep into comic book stuff, and I think James Gunn is just like a comic book nerd and probably wants to do that and like salute the original Guardians and do all this stuff, but it's like no one knows enough about the Guardians. Like, it was fun in the first movie because it's like we have no idea, so anything goes, but it's like now we have a little bit established and we're Mm -hmm. still kind of going off the deep end. I don't know. We spent a long time on this first section. Um, (laughs) Let's move on favorite marvel scene i'm i'm done trying to explain what this means it's a scene no. like in the movie <laughs> i think i think you had a perfect definition of it this though. is a this is a real good scene we like <laughs> it's real good. I, I feel like you boiled it down <laughs> but yeah that's fine uh david are there any scenes that uh stand out to you that kind of just scream guardians volume two for you what's weird is like my scene, there are no, there are only two side characters in it, no main characters. It's the scene where um, um, Yondu gets the the uh, secondary fin that mm-hmm. uh, Groot grabs for him and is walking around the ship, just decimating everyone on it. Um, mm-hmm. with, with like music in the background and uh, Groot, it's just baby Groot's just going ham on some folk. But just the scene where all of the Ravagers are kind of like falling off of the catwalks and he's just slowly walking, uh, walking right out of the ship. Um, that whole thing kind of just screams Guardians for me. It's like kind of the tone of Guardians. Um, just kind of like fun, yet still kind of violent. Um, yeah, irreverent 80s. destruction and violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Set, set to just the most. Um, the most jamming 80s tracks you could think of. Yeah, I feel like so, um, James Gunn clues us in when he's trying to do a Marvel scene by just blasting some classic song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. DJ, do you have one? Um, I think a scene that kind of sums up the movie for me is uh, it's towards the end, like the final showdown, and it's the whole like camera panning shot seeing like all the guardians and nebula and mantis and they're all together like they just flew down from something or escaped from something and then like a piece of rock comes out of nowhere and knocks (laughs) mantis out because at the time i was like (laughs) and that kind of summed up my strongest reactions for this movie were just like (laughs) like i I feel like i wasn't smiling the whole time like i was with the first it just had moments every now and then where i kind of chuckled so I was like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. And that was, I was like, yeah, that that's the movie for me at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. I think mine were maybe some of like the jokes that I thought were funny. Because honestly, there were quite a few jokes in this one that like I just didn't really laugh at. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know why that is. Uh, but didn't think it was as funny. But there were a couple that like I truly thought were funny honestly drax for me in this movie and i'm skipping ahead to characters but drax's parts are hilarious to me in this one. Oh yeah um, but i i think my favorite one is uh just rocket trying to explain the detonator to groot 
<laughs> and then Groot running down the little tunnel yelling, I am Groot! And yeah, it's pretty great. Rocket's <laughs> oh, just yeah. like, we're all gonna die. Yeah. And then, like, in that you have Rocket yelling at uh, Quill for tape, which is just, like, a stupid... Yes. Just, like... Uh, yeah. I thought that was... I was like, okay, this is, like, the Guardians that I like. Yeah. Or when Groot's trying to get the Finn uh, while everyone's yeah. asleep. Yeah, and he keeps bringing <laughs> back junk. No, but but leave the eye though. Leave the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we go ahead and talk about something? Because I feel like this Uh-oh. needs to get out in the open. And Aaron, you mentioned it a little bit, but does the does the comedy in this movie just feel off to you guys in some way? Because it felt like it it felt like in some ways it had more jokes than the first but it felt like it was trying harder to make me laugh than the first. Oh, so, yeah. Do you guys, yeah. did yes. y'all, like, catch any of that while watching? Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, I I think that's one of my problems with the movie is it just wasn't as funny. And I think, I don't know, there's, there's a part of that that is, I don't know if it's the writing was just not as good. Like, I don't know if the jokes literally weren't as good or if it was, like, I don't know. I I think there's parts of the story that like make it less funny. I think there's too much exposition in this movie. I think yeah. Peter's storyline is too like takes him out of it too much to where he's not getting to interact with the other characters like he did in the first one. And I think Chris Pratt honestly is what carries the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. Um, I I did think like almost all of Drax's lines were hilarious. Oh yeah. So they did something right with Drax. I don't even know what. I think it's just his delivery, though. Like, he could say something, and it's not actually that funny, but just the way he says it yep. makes mm-hmm. me laugh. Because some of them were just, like, silly and childish, but I'm like, oh, he's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, I had I had another kind of theory about... Um, not It's not a theory, but I think it's just, like, a good attention to detail with the way they wrote Drax in this movie is... Um, it's such um, a huge, not a huge difference, but like a pretty noticeable difference from the way he interacts with people from the first one to the second one. And I think that was, that might have been intentional to say that the other um, people kind of uh, rubbed off on him and kind of wants to learn all this stuff about, oh, what's what's humor like? Or what's it, uh, how, do, how do I make a joke and stuff? And so I like to imagine that he... Um, it's just obsessed with jokes now because now he gets them and he's like, I should do this all the time. <laughs> and so I, I love how they wrote him in this kind of filling in those years that we didn't see uh, of him learning different uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's interaction a good point. stuff. So that might be part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I think we've flawlessly transitioned into our minor character section. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I might run through a few. I wouldn't consider Drax a minor character. I think he's one of the main ones. Oh, yeah. Um, He's a guardian. He is a guardian. I don't want to get too minor with these. Um, So, I think it is interesting. Aisha is played by Elizabeth Debicki, who we've now seen in, like, more things since then. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was interesting that it's like, oh, that's a person I actually know. She was in Widows and... Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Um... <laughs> we, we mentioned we mentioned Rocky's in the movie. 
He does his thing. He was going like all out in like his first right? couple lines where he was just yelling at Yondu, and I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't this. tell who he was. I know, what? I know. I didn't have any like weight to give him at all. Right. So I was like, okay, this is a lot, but I don't know what the Ravagers, like, what is against the rule? I don't know. <laughs> what what planet yeah. were they on? Like, I didn't understand the setting. Oh, yeah. I was so confused. Some, like, party planet or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. It was got... weird because the first time I watched it, um, that scene, I kind of thought that it was meant to be somewhat satirical to the audience because it's like, Oh, it's funny because, um, you know, we don't think this organization is as fleshed out as it actually is. And now we're getting this whole spiel about, oh, you're broke the code or whatever. But, um, nope, they were 100% serious. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. an actual <laughs> plot point in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that or was not expecting that. Yeah. Ravager lore. Gotta love it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's see. We've got Mantis. Who basically plays like Drax from Guardians 1 in a way of like Clueless doesn't really understand social cues. Yeah. I think she's fine though. If we're going to like add to the Guardians crew. Yeah, she's fine. (laughs) Yeah, she's like the intern. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I like that a lot actually. (laughs) Uh, That's good. Um, Nebula, I just don't really care for Nebula. So, I I I I think this is a better Nebula than we got in the first movie because we see some sort of, you know, slight emotional arc. Though it feels a bit undercut because she makes some big stand about not killing Gamora when she shot her dead into space <laughs> in the first movie. I have not forgotten. Yep. Yeah, you can't really have an emotional arc when your emotions are always at a hundred and ten, though. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of a flat line. Well, Um, I mean, we get the whole thing where she talks about how, like, her and Gamora were, like, pitted against her. And I think that is, like, important There was some depth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, there's, there was more here to grasp from than there was with the first. So I did appreciate that sort of, I don't know, something. Yeah. Did you understand the joke with, like, the... root that wasn't ripe enough to eat at the end at the beginning <laughs> yeah it was a okay. bad joke to be honest i'm not gonna lie i kind of liked it <laughs> okay i really because i saw it coming maybe because i was like when are they gonna use this again oh there it is they used it again it was but... like a recurring joke but i didn't know why <laughs> like i was just like ah i that were that one bothered me i was like this is just a bad joke <laughs> I think it, yeah, it there was, was a lot of I that. knew they were trying to make it a recurring joke, and I was like, they're going to use this again at some point, at some yeah. random point. And so, um, but I, I totally understand why it kind of just came out of nowhere. You know, it's this random root that we don't know about that um, people want to eat for some reason. Is it really yeah, good? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She just really wanted it, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't. Uh, that that bothers me. It bothers me not knowing why that was there. I think it was just a bad joke. I don't think there's anything to look <sighs> I, into. <laughs> I know. I know. It still it still bothers me. Okay. Uh, well, we thought the Ravagers were a joke, but apparently there's a code that you can break. So. I just 
Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's going to come back in oh, the well. third movie. They're going to be like, hey, yeah. remember this plant? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. coming. Um, Let's see. We've got Gamora, who's kind of tied with Nebula there. Her arc is mostly tied with Nebula, although she's got some uh, unspoken things going on with Peter. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit in our first Guardians episode and about how like well-defined Gamora was there. The reason she feels weird here is because immediately when Ego shows up, she's just like, maybe you should go do this. And I just don't imagine a world in which Gamora is like, yeah, strangers. Yeah, so. yeah, go for it without <laughs> Whoa, any yeah, that's forethought so true, or calculation. I just don't Follow know why your they impulses. didn't... Why did they not, like, flip roles? Because I, it makes much more sense for Peter Quill to be like, my dad's here. This is awesome. Like, I've been wanting a father figure my whole life. Like, this is amazing. And for her to be like, eh, I don't know. Let me go with you so I can make sure he's not, like, evil. I don't understand why that wasn't Whoa. the dynamic. Like, it's a very simple change. Yeah, I... DJ, I, did you just fix Guardians of the Galaxy 2? <laughs> no, I think like... it needs a little bit more work, but <laughs> I think that would help. Yeah, this this isn't my favorite movie. I don't know if that's coming through or not. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yes, I don't know. You have any Gamora thoughts, David? Um, I, I think DJ hit it on the head pretty well with like um how her kind of her personality doesn't fit the role she plays in this movie it you know her, the roles are kind of reversed as you said um yeah i mean he, he hit it on the head that's actually the point i was going to bring out too but yeah it just bothers me <laughs> okay uh we've talked enough about drax i think unless anyone has anything to add is drax indestructible okay i, I yep. kind of like i kind of like thinking that he is <laughs> i kind of like thinking that like he's he's not but like somehow his rash confidence makes him indestructible like if he doesn't believe that he can be destroyed he won't be yeah okay because it was the, the scene i always think back to is the scene where they're cra they're crash landing on um and he's just flying land. around on the <laughs> he's just the flailing thing. around and so okay when I first watched the movie, I remember having the thought of like, oh no, this is going to be a plot point that like Drax like is almost dead because he, he was outside of the ship and he just gets up laughing. Let's go again. I'm like, he's never been. What injured. is this man made out of? What <laughs> What is he made out of? Where he's just literally laughing about crash landing on a planet with awesome. no protection. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I I don't think I love that. I think I like the very opening, like because I think the opening credits think what I think that's great. I think that's probably another Marvel scene that we could have yeah, pointed out. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. it establishes the tone of what mm. movie we would have liked uh, perfectly. And Drax flying in, like, and you see the inside shot of him like trying to like chop inside the monster. That's all amazing. I think that him like oh, yeah. flying outside the ship. I think that. I don't think it really hit for me. I don't know. I feel like it's a very fine line. It's like the difference between like goofy and silly. And I don't know which one of those is negative, but I feel like that one hit me on the negative part. But Drax overall is great. So don't have to belabor that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Can I go on yeah, a quick well tangent here? Now that we're talking yeah. about him flying out Please. in space. I do yeah. appreciate the oh lengths to which they go <laughs> to know show that people 
people cannot <laughs> breathe in space. They do a very detailed job of closing and opening hatches in order to make sure that pressure is sealed off. They came up with this mm-hmm. kind of like MacGuffin spacesuit that you can just clip on. It's like an invisible shield, but it's like, okay, you at least put an explanation in there. And when other people go into space without one, they die, like Yondu. I just, like, I appreciate the attention to space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think um, I I started to kind of do that analysis with with this movie, but then I saw um, Drax outside of a ship banging (laughs) against 500 trees, and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that, or else I'm going to ruin the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the landing completely unrealistic, sure. But at least he wasn't breathing in space, you know. Yes, you know that's a cardinal sin that they did not they they didn't they did not break. Yep, they didn't break the code. So props to you, Guardians Two. Yes, props Good to job. Guardians Two. Uh, we still got characters because okay. there are Ugh. lots of characters. We got that's so true. Baby Groot. I mean, he's just fun. Like, yeah, he's baby. fun. I think I actually almost like. I think I did that thing that girls do when, like, they see something, like, really cute, but, like, very suddenly. Like, they didn't expect it to be cute, and they're like, oh! Whenever, uh, uh, he was, I think, um, uh, Ego was, it's in the final fight scene where Ego is kind of, like, um, wrapping everybody up and trapping them and, uh, kind of suffocating them when he, oh, yeah. Uh, I think Groot's still trying to plant the bomb, but he gets kind of, like, crush and he starts crying and you see a it's tear just like, ah. oh. yeah. <laughs> it broke my heart dude broke uh, it in half i also laughed really hard after they go th- like rocket and yondu go through the like portals really fast for some reason and it just cuts to groot just like completely blank faced <laughs> yeah. and just like pukes like straight out of it it's like a super quick cut but i i laughed so hard you you yeah, know they one. made that with like this is going to be like uh, the most used GIF reaction GIF of this year. They knew they were doing it. They were doing that with that scene. You know that's a reaction GIF. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I also <laughs> love that it's still Vin Diesel voicing it. Like they didn't try to go for like a young person or anything. They're like Vin Diesel, you do your thing. You are mm-hmm. green. <laughs> Vin Diesel yeah. plus six semitones. Okay, uh, I think we only have three more. Rocket. Uh, I'm not sure I completely understand Rocket's arc in this. I know he's, like, more emotional. I guess I don't completely understand it. So the so the part where Yondu, like, literally spells it out is, uh, that wasn't enough to convince you that they're... Uh, I mean, they can just, changed. like, talk about it and be like, this is what my arc is. But I don't know. I don't know if I like felt <laughs> that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think they just needed a stronger reason for him to steal those batteries in the beginning. <laughs> because then we could have been like, okay, he did this very selfish thing, and he's not like thinking of others, and that's uh, what Yondu did, and that's how uh, he's getting like separated from the group, and now he wants to like blah 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 blah. But they didn't really drive that home. It was just like, yeah, I wanted some batteries. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like kind of. They, like, hinted at, like, a rivalry between him and Quill of who should be kind of the leader. And I kind of wish they had leaned more into that. But, yeah. 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 Because their ship was, like, 
two people could drive it from either side. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of some bad engineering there. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, but Rocket and Quill didn't get many interactions because they were hardly ever in the same place in this movie. What a mistake. What a mistake to split the Guardians like this. Right. And I understand from a storytelling perspective, it's probably easier because you're not having to write all these ingenious interactions all the time. But it's lazy and I don't like it. Yeah. Agreed. Let's do Yondu next. Okay. I think Yondu's arc is the best in this movie. I think, uh, I don't know, it's like pretty emotional at the end. Which tells yeah. me like they did something. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I, giving kind of like the backstory as to why he was exiled and stuff um, definitely like enriches the story a little bit, especially the end, you know, um, to where he kind of gets his retribution for, uh, for these past actions. But uh, it kind of makes you look uh, in hindsight um, about like uh, him raising Quill and stuff and never wanting to give him up, always, always, you know, uh, kind of being a little bit hard on him, but still having a little soft spot for him. Uh, it kind of, it kind of paints it in a new light, uh, and, uh, kind of enriches the story a little bit. Uh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I think the Yondu stuff would have worked better if we were given more interactions between him and Quill, because I feel like we get a lot of, talking about their relationship and a lot of expositional dumpage about how their relationship has formed over the years but the fact that we only see them on screen together like for two seconds before yondu sacrifices himself i don't feel like it works as strongly i think it is emotional and i i love how like when peter's like flashing through his memory of like um there's like a very quick shot of like a young peter and Yondu and Yondu's like showing him how to like shoot a gun. I think a lot of that is effective, but I think it would have really nailed it if they were able to interact more before it was like the crisis in the third act. So I see where they're going. I don't think it quite hit the mark for me though. Hmm. I, you know, you saying that I kind of didn't even realize that they barely interacted. Yeah. It just seems weird. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think they like talked about each other when they were separately, though, which kind of made it feel like they were connected more. I don't know. I just think so. We're gonna Again, get into separating like, the guardians. We're gonna get into Peter and Ego, and I mean that's kind of like the three, right? It's Peter and Ego, and then uh, Yondu is like, oh, he's the real father. I just think if I'm gonna get any satisfaction out of like the main story arc of it, it's like that Yondu's the one that was like the real fight. I don't know. I just I just like that conclusion to that. Yeah, I like I agree. I think the conclusion was good. I just think they needed to build it up more so that that conclusion felt more yeah. legitimately like worth it. Yeah, maybe not executed super well. Definitely uh okay. I didn't really like the whole Peter and Ego interaction thing. I think like you were saying during the plot summary DJ there's just a whole lot to, like, get your mind around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, and none of it is based in, like, anything that we understand. Like, I just can't get my head around, like, oh, so he's a planet and, like, his life force is wanting to expand. 
and like this is a projection of himself like there's just too many things that i don't have a concept of and i mean it of course it's just a silly space movie but i think it was just too much and yeah i it just didn't really work for me yeah i mean i i think that this is from what i have gathered ego is is similar to this in the comics too but i just and i I'm, clearly they wanted to go this direction when they were making the first movie cuz there are so many direction like uh, so many references to peter quill's real father but i yeah the ego stuff is so muddled there's just so much going on and there's so much going on but there's also so little because peter quill has nothing to do with that planet but play catch yeah the catch scene was kind of cheesy yeah, I saw I saw it coming too. The first time I watched it, it's like, oh, he made it into a ball. He threw. Oh my gosh, are they gonna do a father and son? <laughs> yep, they're doing it right yeah. now. And even just then, like shaping the energy, like. So I don't know. Originally, it, it I thought mind. it was a little too convenient too, with um with Quill immediately being able to you know shape the energy or whatever. I. But, and like first of all that's that? the most exciting <laughs> we don't even know what it is <laughs> exactly and so i thought that ego's initial excitement it kind of threw me off a little bit because yeah he's like whoa oh my gosh like kurt russell just getting really <laughs> excited and it's like I, like i don't understand yeah i will say and though so i think funny, that was yeah. perfect acting for that scene though because when we're yes. given the fuller context later and we're just like oh he's yep. murdered hundreds of his children thousands of his children yeah. now he actually finds one i i think that that was acted perfectly but yes at the yes. time you're just like wait what <laughs> is this a big deal <laughs> what is it i don't understand <laughs> yeah because yeah. at first i thought he was kind of overreacting and i thought he was kind of like um, kind of uh, amplifying his reaction a little bit for some unknown reason. Maybe Quill's not actually doing it. He's just making it appear as if he's doing it. I don't know. It, it, it felt weird. But you're right. In the bigger context, it um, it actually is perfect. The scene. I mean, his reaction was, was perfect. Yeah, I, I do think Kurt Russell did a fine job acting the part. I just think the character was uh, just too much. Like yeah, I, yeah, not for me. Okay, I think we've covered everyone. Unless you want to talk more about Peter in this one, I think he was poorly utilized. Yeah, that's a nicer way to say it. <laughs> yeah, because um, he's he's still himself, you know. He's yeah, he's still he's still, he's still just doing Chris Pratt things, not in the right places at the right time, you know. Yeah, and like we get him back in Infinity War, and he's back like making jokes with people, and like it's fun again. I just yeah, he's doing I, stuff there. He I'm didn't really have ragging around people. Yeah. Every time we cut to Peter Quill here, he was just hanging out at the house, not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that planet was just boring. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Bit disappointing there. Okay. So, impact on the MCU. Not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, some character development for the Guardians. We get Mantis. Uh, and then post We get Mantis. Seats. We lose Nebula to Thanos. Uh, that might be it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, I guess, post credit scenes. 
Oh, and Peter is not uh, invincible anymore because he lost his uh, celestialness. Did they like use that in Infinity War? He doesn't seem any different. Does he even mention it? No. Okay. Um, yeah, not a whole lot. Like, I feel like there's less impact on the MCU in this movie than in the first Guardians. That's weird. Which isn't always a problem. I mean, they're definitely moot. Like, yeah. Yeah, kind of strange. Let's see. Fun facts. I've been sprinkling some in there. I don't know if you guys have anything else. You know I don't. Okay. <laughs> I ask that every time. I get a no every time. Yeah. I rarely look into... Oh, uh, here's another one. So so among the uh, Ravagers that they flash through at the end, like doing their little salutes or whatever, one of them is Michelle Yeoh, who's the mom in Crazy Rich Asians. What? Yeah. She's in the MCU. Okay. Yep. Uh, so there's a fun fact for you. Do people, like, know who these external guardians are? I think they were, like, the original comic book guardians. Like, that group that he has together in the post credit scene is, like, some group that has been together in comics before. Okay. Huh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's as good of an explanation as I think we're gonna get. Yeah. Without reading a bunch of comic lore. Um, okay. On to the real part of the episode. Which is where we're going to rank the movie. Uh, DJ, did we decide if we're still reading through this list? I think we decided that we should, because I have been inconsistent on if I have put it in the (laughs) description or not. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, okay, so you want to read through it? Yeah, so this is the mainly movies, or excuse me, the mainly Marvel ranking so far. Number one, The Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Number four, Doctor Strange. Number five, Iron Man. Number six, Captain America, Civil War. Number seven, Ant-Man. Number eight, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number nine, Thor The Dark World. Number ten, Iron Man 3. Number eleven, Thor. Number twelve, Iron Man 2. Number 13, Captain America, The First Avenger. And number 14, Incredible Hulk. Boy. Okay, so before we get into this, David, uh, do you have the list anywhere you can see it? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, I am surprised, though, that... Um, I'm not sure why I'm surprised, but I'm surprised that the there are only four recommended so far. All the other ones have not been recommended to watch for... In uh, Infinity War. Yeah, that's mostly because we're trying to keep it to a small list, like a manageable mm-hmm. list for a normal person that doesn't want to watch yeah. 12 movies. Okay, sure. And there's still a couple coming up, I think, that are definitely going to be recommends, so I think we're kind of also anticipating that. Yeah, that's true. you got to get the other Avengers and stuff. Well, and some of these ones from. before, it's like their story is picked up in a later movie. So, like, if you watch the later one, you'll get all the, like, catching up that you need from the previous movies. Mm, Yeah. Sure. Yeah, before we get into ranking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, is there anything you wanted to discuss with us about the list so far, David? Anything that points out to you? We like to give our guests the opportunity to uh, 
figure out why things are where they are if there's voice, something that's voice your complaints well yeah i was trying to <laughs> think of a way to, but yes yes um imperfect okay people. it's not really a complaint uh but i am interested to if, if either of you could could uh fill me in on how that already sounds like a complaint how dr strange is above iron man when was the last it, time I you think, watched Doctor Strange? It was back in, in the theater, probably no more than a week after the release. It's a really good movie. Hmm. And I, not just I that. I do remember liking it a lot. It's really good. Like, graphics and acting, like, just checks all the, like, movie boxes. But also, I think the thing that really did it for me is that it really plays into what we're doing with, like, Infinity War and Endgame with the time stone and you are right and all that like it just sprung all these theories to mind of like oh what if they do this like there's so much at play there and i think that like just excites me and i think that's kind of one of the things that bumped it up for me i don't know dj you got anything else yeah, so David, I I completely understand what you're saying because I, in the Doctor Strange episode, we actually talked about how it is jarring visually to see Doctor Strange above Iron Man. But the thing for me that put it above was I think the movie is consistently very solid for just a character development perspective. And Aaron and I have watched a lot of Marvel movies very recently. And this, the way... Doctor Strange defeats his, like, the bad guy, the third act sort of climactic battle, is one of the most unique, interesting ways we have ever seen. Whereas Iron Man is, by definition, the most cookie-color, like, same-versus-same sort of poorly-lit CGI battle. So, Hmm. yeah, Doctor Strange stands out in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. But yeah, uh, it's a strong contender. Yeah, that that is a very strong, uh, a strong uh, analysis. I, um, definitely the whole third act villain. Um, yeah, I think that's that might be what puts it over the edge. That's that was pretty unique. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, we welcome these questions because you know we're not infallible, and I feel like if we're culminating this list with guests and such, we should be able to speak towards it and things. But with that being said, uh, looking at the list, where do you where are you thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two fitting in? So, uh, I'll just put it out there. I think I think it should go between Ant Man and Age of Ultron. Okay, I think that's that's about. I, it's definitely like a middle of the list movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not because be... I'm just looking at because uh, I had to go one by one comparing them to each as I went down. And I think the only thing that was difficult to place was when it was near Ant-Man. So, okay, it's got to be close to Ant-Man. But um, I think Ant-Man kind of surpasses it a little bit. Um, mainly because Ant-Man was already, was already an uphill battle, I think. <laughs> but because <laughs> it's like, who the heck is Ant-Man? Why are they making a movie about him? Why is it Paul Rudd? All of these questions, but they still made it work. They had good characters. Somehow the side characters included Ti, and it still was was great. <laughs> and um, but um, Guardians, I think they they didn't have to try as hard because people already liked Guardians, but they still tried too hard for some reason. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's that's a, <laughs> that is it on the head. That is a per- that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, because they. 
I heard, you know, I once I learned that there was a volume two, I was like, all right, sold. You got me, you know, because I just loved the first one so much. I'll definitely see the second one. I was like, oh, y'all, you tried a little bit too hard, guys. You already had us. You yeah, and, to... and that being said, like, I'm still really excited and really want a third one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I want more I, Guardians. I think also because I just like the characters, you know? Yeah. Even if Guardians 2 wasn't, uh, like, a um, technically better movie than the first one, I still love the characters, and I want to know what happens, you know? This mm-hmm. does not make me lose interest in the storyline at all. Nice. I, I like the amount of thought that you put into your opinion. I I'm good. I think I'm good with it between 7 and 8, Ant-Man and Avengers Age of Ultron. I think I could make a case that it should be below Age of Ultron, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what DJ thinks because I think he has very strong Age of Ultron opinions. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This was a tough one for me. I feel like I could put Guardians 2... <sighs> yeah, I'm feeling either below Ant-Man or below Ultron. So really, in my head, it's is it better or worse than Age of Ultron? And (sighs) (laughs) these are the tough questions we're going to have to wrestle with on this podcast. Yeah. And I feel like Ant-Man has become this weird sort of like base for movies. I feel like we have surprisingly compared Ant-Man to more movies than I thought we would. Honestly, I know. I know. (laughs) Which only gives it more credit. Yeah, but it's definitely under Ant-Man for me, personally. I'm, and um, I agree with you there. I Okay. Which is weird, because I think I was definitely arguing for Age of Ultron versus Ant-Man. Like, which one should be higher. And maybe that's why I see Guardians 2 is maybe lower than Age of Ultron, just because I think Ant-Man and Age of Ultron, at least when we discussed them, were very close in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if... Yeah, I mean, I don't mind putting Guardians 2 there. I I don't think I'm going to be terribly upset about it either way, above or below Ultron. Man, this is a, this is a hard one for me, because I feel like Guardians <laughs> 2 and Ultron are convoluted in ways that they... They have flaws. Shouldn't be, yeah. And it's both, like, yeah. groups of characters we were really looking forward to seeing a second time. Exactly. And mm-hmm. we're kind of let down by the result. Yeah, it's two disappointing sequels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hmm. which is the lesser of two evils i guess i don't know i i almost think david's our tiebreaker here and we go with it between ant-man and age voltron yeah I, i'm fine with this but i feel like i just need to think about it more because ultron <laughs> and guardians 2 are just so they're such big movies <laughs> yeah it's yeah. i feel like i'm just gonna need some separate time to kind of chew those down but i i agree i feel like david should have the the deciding vote here so we're going guardians 2 below ant-man and above age of ultron cool oh man i feel like that was a quicker conversation than we usually have (laughs) yeah i mean i think i had a general idea as long as we weren't like having someone come in here and say like oh iron man versus guardians of the galaxy volume 2 oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's pretty clear what like we're starting to get tears. I think we have mm. enough movies that mm. we're formulating tears, and this is almost like tier three here. Yeah, and yeah. like like Thor: The Dark World is like there's definitely a line between Ultron and Thor: The Dark World where it's like 
you don't go down there unless you're really bad. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think I don't, we'll be visiting down there anymore in phase three. I don't three. think so. No, we definitely. Well, we. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like speculation. I don't yeah, like yeah, yeah, bringing yeah. my preconceived notions here. Yeah, um, one at a time. But I do feel like there's kind of a cutoff there. So, yeah, I'm. I'm good with it where it's at. Number eight. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, David. Before we go, we are going to say whether we recommend watching this movie or not. In preparations for age or uh, yeah, Avengers Endgame, not just in general. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch the movie now. Um, <laughs> uh, at all? I no. I no. I don't. I don't think you need it. Wait. Does does Guardians is Guardians one a yes? Yes. Okay. If since Guardians one is a recommend, this definitely is not a recommend. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that the events uh not the events but kind of the outcome of this movie is too difficult to understand you know i think what what this what changes after this movie can be explained in two sentences <laughs> i think and so you you don't need to watch it in order to you know uh you know in game you know starts and you're like where's uh, oh i know okay guess well in, in game starts everyone's dead but you know what i mean yeah um yeah so my new baseline for this because um uh for the summer movie wager this year aaron and i have been talking about having the guests uh try their best to see the movies that they put on their list um so i was talking to grace about this and i was like well you know avengers endgame is gonna be on your list she was like i know but i haven't like I don't know what's going on in the Marvel universe. So I was like, uh, do Aaron and I have a solution for you? Have you and, heard of this thing that we've poured like 40 hours of our lives into already? But uh, yeah, David, what you just said sums it perfectly. Like the events of this movie can be summed up very quickly. And some of it I think you could ignore. Like, I don't think I need to go out of my way to tell her that Peter Quill's father was a celestial. I could just skip all that and be like, you remember the blue guy? He's dead now. Um, Groot's a teenager. Um, and then and they picked new, up yeah. Mantis. And they already know that yeah. from the first one. Because, like, he got planted. And he's like, okay, he got planted and now he's a teenager again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this would all be thing. well and good. It's not like we have to have giant things happen in every movie this would be all well and good if it was consistently enjoyable and not just a spark of chuckles every now and then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Hmm. i have a feeling that there are people that disagree on this one (laughs) so really people love guardians too like more than the first I feel like, oh, I don't know about more than the first, but I feel like there are people that just love the Guardians so much and were just so delighted to get another Guardians movie. I understand that desire, but I don't think the movie matches those expectations. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I just, I, I would not be surprised if someone's like, man, Guardians 2 was really great. And I'm like, ah. Really? This, huh, okay. We'll see. We'll see if any of our guests mention it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I shouldn't be over here like subtweeting them being like, oh yeah, if you like it. Because, I mean, if you like it, that's cool. Yeah. And, like, honestly, if I'm being honest, it, I really, really liked it. I, I, I think I just like the Guardians of the Galaxy as a group. I like their dynamic. 
Um, so don't separate them. <laughs> yeah, don't split them up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Guardians 2 sucked. Until next time. <laughs> what a what a dour note to end. <laughs>